You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Are you looking for a podcast that your whole family can enjoy that asks the deep philosophical questions like, do trees fart? If you are, then you'll love Tumble, a science podcast for kids. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Join us as we explore stories of science discovery from butts to animals, dinosaurs, astronomy, and everything in between. You'll love these stories and you'll learn something new. Find and follow Tumble Science Podcast for Kids wherever you get your podcasts or at sciencepodcastforkids.com. Hey, it's Jim. Stay with us after today's podcast for an exclusive preview of my audiobook. It was 1976, and I was recording the soundscapes of Bahia, the place where African slaves had first been brought to Brazil. They took with them their way of life, including music, art, and religious practices, which have all become an integral part of Brazilian culture. I'm Jim Metzner, and this is The Pulse of the Planet. This recording was made in the island of Itabariga, off the coast of Salvador, Bahia. It was made during the festival of St. Lazarus. In the background, you might hear the sounds of a mass at a church played over a loudspeaker. In the foreground, it's the sounds of candomblé groups outside the church. They've blended Christian saints with their own pantheon of gods, performing religious rituals of African origin alongside of Catholic ceremonies. In Portuguese, they call this practice syncretismo. Sounds of Sincretismo in Bahia, Brazil. Please visit our website, PulsePlanet.com, for some exciting news. That's PulsePlanet.com. I'm Jim Metzner, and this is The Pulse of the Planet. As promised, here's an excerpt from Sacred Mounds, my first novel, a work of historical fiction and magical realism. Lewis reached the top and found a relatively clear patch of ground. His tent had a curved elliptical shape supported by aluminum poles, gently bent like ribs. It seemed somewhat in tune with the geometry of the mound, a green cocoon waiting for his larval form to enter. So he did, removing his shoes and bringing in a sleeping bag. He zipped up the screen to keep out any bugs, leaving a fly flap open for fresh air. His jacket became a pillow, and he lay on the tent floor, listening. A few crickets and a distant bird call. Lewis closed his eyes, trying to forget what a crummy sleeper he was. He'd read books on insomnia, listened to tapes, even gone to a clinic. They all more or less preached the same practice, to no avail. The prospect of another sleepless night was a self-fulfilling prophecy. Bottom line... 
he was afraid to let go. Whenever that sinking feeling appeared, he invariably struggled against it, refusing to go under, coming up for air, for wakefulness, for life. Tonight, sleep came in through a side door. Memories of his father yelling at him for leaving a handprint on the living room wall, a handprint with an eye that sparkled in its center and beckoned him outdoors. He ran out of the house, late for school, unable to find his locker, wandering lost through corridors, down into an escalator, into a bus station, crowds of people going purposely somewhere. He couldn't catch a bus, no ticket, no shoes, the urban landscape dissolving into what it had once been, a wilder place, an odor of something dank and moldy. Odd to actually smell anything in a dream. It's time to bail, except he could not ascend. A rumble of panic, scrabbling for air. The only way out seemed to go deeper into the dream where everything had grown darker. All scared now, Lewis walked faster, barefoot on an earthen pathway. He could see nothing but sensed he had entered a, a cavernous space, cool and damp. Holding the panic down, breathing heavily, he slowed his pace as the path sloped upward, a sliding, scraping sound close behind him, a shallow breathing, perhaps a hiss. He ran, feeling the path in the dark by some kind of dream instinct. It curved to the right, becoming steeper, until he collided into a post with cross pieces, a ladder. Lewis grabbed a rung and began to climb, splintering his finger, missing a foothold and nearly falling off. He reached the last rung, pulling himself through a narrow opening of what seemed to be an earthen roof, scrambling out, dirty, shaking with fear. Whatever had been behind him had apparently not climbed in pursuit. He felt the warmth of the sun on him, but it was dark, dark as night. Thanks for listening. To order Sacred Mounds in print or audio, visit sacredmoundsnovel.com. That's sacredmoundsnovel.com.